Liesl, today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. I love Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. How can you not? They're pretty legit. It's a great business, and it's even greater people. So local people running that business, doing great things, and and it's the home for enlightened style shades enlightened style shades i just like saying that and it does sound it sounds sounds kind of big time it does sounds very big time and look they've got they don't just do shades like almost all of your interior decorating needs they're there they can help you get them i even have pillows i have pillows on my couch from budget blinds hmm. i didn't know you had pillows yeah Throw That's pillows. amazing. I know. And who doesn't love throw pillows? Everybody loves really. throw pillows. And supporting a local business that gives back to the community is always a win. Always a win. So when you're ready to make your home the best home it can be, go visit our friends at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Tell them Liesl and Nick sent you. Hello and welcome back to the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast. I'm your host, Nick Parker. With me as she is every week, Liesl Hayes. Hello, Lee Summit. I still gonna laugh every time. I know you are, but that is my official opening. It like is. it's you're just gonna have to accept it and move on. I know. I know. I it's know. tough. Special guest today, we have former mayor of Independence, Eileen Weir, now a, a consultant for many different things, but specifically here today for your role as I, 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 I might even get the title wrong. Are you chair of the 2023 Parade of Hearts? Well, I am the chair of the Community Engagement ah. Committee for Parade of Hearts. So I'm not over the whole thing. <laughs> I'm just in charge of making sure that we do the community engagement part of Parade of Hearts, which is obviously one of the most fun and most important parts of the whole thing. It, it, it is where I am a subpar committee member. You are doing just fine. <laughs> we... We're going to tap into your talents here very soon. At, at some point. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're just going to find them, and then we're, we're going to discover what, right. if any of their talents are there. And she then, has uh, plans for you. I yeah. see her over there. I exactly. see her. <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't know that a lot of people, unless they're paying attention to arts around the community, know that, that, that it came back again this year. We just got a heart here installed uh, this week, and, and I can't remember if it was Wednesday or Thursday, but it was... I think literally five minutes after you called and asked yeah. me asked me if it had been installed, I got a message saying it, it was freshly yeah. installed. So there is a new heart in front of City Hall on Green Street in downtown Lee Summit. If people remember, we had one last year. Well, we had five, five yeah. in Lee Summit, yeah, I think, last year. Few. We did have And there quite was one by the depot, uh, specifically in downtown, but there's one in front of City Hall this year. And I don't know if you guys have seen it, but I it, did is, see it. it is really, really cool. And what our, does it look like? It's uh, what it's called scene or view. Yeah, it's like oh, eyes. I'm worst host now, but it's got these eyes on it. And our yeah. our city's cultural arts manager took a picture of it that she sent me, and it's the picture is of the eyes on the heart looking over a hedge of bushes. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> it looks so cool. It looks great. It looks fantastic. Uh, before we kind of dig into some of that stuff, just yeah. remind us what the parade of hearts is. Okay. Um. So it it started really quite a ways back, like before COVID, there was some discussions happening about doing some kind of a public art experience around Kansas City. Of course, you know, the Casey Hart has just become sort of the symbol for the whole region as just, you know, something that people have definitely attached to. I mean, Charlie Hustle put it on the t-shirt and it just took off like crazy from there. Right. And now we see it on 
flags in the city of Kansas City, well, the region actually adopted it as their official brand for the KCADC as they go out and market the region all around the nation. So, um, you know, the thought before COVID was that they were going to do something similar like this, a public art thing, that was really going to be for the benefit of um, the University of Kansas Health System. And uh, then COVID happened, and that kind of just got all put on hold. And as the region was coming out in the world and our country was starting to emerge from COVID, um, the idea got regenerated of saying, well, why don't we revisit this and do it, you know, yes, as a fundraiser, but really as a way to unify the community. I mean, not only COVID was happening, but so many other things politically and socially and civically that were really hard and people were really feeling disconnected and divided. And so this group came together and said, why don't we uh, pull this together and really make it about not only heart health, which was, you know, the original idea, but also other industries that were really significantly impacted by COVID. So the artist community definitely won. I mean, the arts community really took a hit during COVID. Um, You know, the service and hospitality industry, I mean, all our servers and bartenders and restaurant workers and hotel workers. Um, And um, so those were selected as the beneficiaries for the 2022 Parade of Hearts as a way to give back to the community, but also to unite the community and put these hearts all across the region where people would seek them out and go find them, be outdoors, you know, which was still really important, you know, that people could enjoy, find things to enjoy where they could be outside and not confined indoors with people. And, um, you know, really celebrate the diversity of the region and invite people into different communities that they might not ordinarily visit. And there's a, there's an app with it, and I think it's yeah. back again this year it that is. people can use so you can go – you can drive all over the metro and find these. Like in 2022, there were 154, 154 or six or something. Like yeah, it kept yeah. growing. I mean, there were a ton <laughs> of them, and it yeah. was really cool because that year's community engagement community it was like, let's find places that are high traffic. Yeah, let's put it where people can, you know, where people are going to see it, right? And draw, and it's been a little twist this year yeah. on that of of where to put them, just to try to pull people. Yeah. Into newer locations. Yeah. So, you know, the goal has always, you know, was and is and will be, they have to be where the public can see them. They can't be in a building. They have to be outdoors. They can't be behind any kind of paywall where you have to, like, pay to get through a gate to go see it. Um, And with 150 plus last year, you know, they ended up in some pretty unique locations. (laughs) You you want them to be seen, but you also, there's some pleasure in kind of the hunt of finding where they are. Mm -hmm. Um, So it wasn't really ever intended to be an annual event, um, but the response was so tremendous. And then we had all these people coming in, hundreds of thousands of people for the NFL draft and so it seemed like a good opportunity to say let's do it again but this year we only have 40 hearts but we have 40 hearts going in more or less 80 locations so there was a phase one 
part that ended this week, and those hearts were all clustered near downtown Kansas right. City. And now, um, starting this week, they're out further in the mm. community, and they'll be on display uh, through about the 4th of July. What's it, one of the most unique locations the heart has been, would oh you gosh. say? Oh, um, I, I don't know. Um, there's just so many because there's – um, and, you know, now as we're preparing for next year, for 2024, we're, we're asking people, give us ideas of, of locations. So it's a tr- it's tricky to do things where you don't want them just in all the obvious places. It's like we're going to have them, like, all in Power and Light and right. the Country Club Plaza mm-hmm. and, you know, the places that you would normally think of. Um, I will tell you, you know, this story has been repeated a lot and it's but I, I think it's really telling last year there was a heart at um, Ruby Jean's juicery down at 30th and Troost um, and one day as the event was sort of wrapping up and they were getting ready to finish the public display and put them up for auction uh, Chris Good, who owns Ruby Jeans, um, saw a woman out in front who was trying to take a picture with the, the heart. And so he went out and talked to her. And she was an older woman. And she said, you know, I've lived in South Johnson County for 30 years, and I've never been down to this neighborhood. She said, you know, I never thought that I would feel comfortable coming down here or feel welcome and she said but i wanted to see every single heart and this was the last one that's awesome that's yeah. really cool and so you know they took the picture and all that but that's really what it's all about is and you know the same is true too is that people who live in the you know in the center core of the city like getting them out to you know parkville and gladstone and lee summit and you know, as well, and far outside of just, you know, their normal path. And I don't know if you remember this, but there was, and I, I can't remember exactly who it was, but there was a mayor from up north who was really lobbying, like... Yes, Lawson. Right. We, like, way up. Like, we <laughs> yeah. haven't been on the list, but we want to be there. Like, yes. last year, they were really pushing yeah. to let's, let bring more people. And I love yeah. that, that it was bringing people out. I mean, how many times have we met people that grew up in Midtown and they're like, I never, I've never gone past 75th Street. Yeah, right. right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I think that's, that's pretty cool Yeah, that, that it can do that, which is kind of part of the role of art, right? Of public oh, abs- art is to draw people into your community. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, really tell a story and make people feel something, you know, is, is really important. And, um, so, the hearts, the art that is selected for the hearts. I mean, I'm glad I'm not the person with that job, <laughs> you know, because they get, you know, I think they had 800 or something submissions this year for 40 hearts. I mean, wow. so they oh, have, wow. and they're all local artists. I mean, these aren't people who are coming from LA or New York or, you know, wherever. I mean, these are all people who live, you know, in this Kansas City community. So it just kind of sheds a light on how much um, talent and interest we have in our um, area and, you know, right here in Eastern Jackson County about public art and art experiences. You've done some work both now and yes. in, in your past as mayor to try to, to increase the amount of, of public art. Is that a, is that a hard thing to pitch and get people on board with? Um, it, it, it can be. I think it, I, I definitely think it can be because especially for a city, 
I said, when your city has the opportunity to start talking about public art, you know, you've had some success, you know, I mean, you're not, when you're not strictly talking about uh, police and fire and streets and really being able to talk about economic development, which art is a huge part of and beautification and just enjoyment in your city, then, you know, I think that's a, a mark of a city that's really come a long way and, and evolved. You know, as a mayor, your number one priority always has to be those basic services and, and public safety. But art plays a, a big and very significant and very tangible role in economic development, safety, health of a city. I think it's it's always fun to to when you're telling somebody that doesn't know it already, right, to make that link between economic development and yeah. art and, as you just said, health yeah. and art. Oh, that yeah. it, is, it is a big – and I think maybe we're better at that now, like post-pandemic, right, where, where we were all looking for some some way to, to not spiral out of control. But <laughs> I don't know well, what you're talking I, about. I don't know <laughs> what you're years. talking about. And who says we didn't spiral out of control? So, <laughs> yeah. This, 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 this yeah. is not a therapy catch. You, you right. don't have to admit anything. Right. I'm like, if I don't see another human being soon, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> That's totally understandable. I think a lot of us were there. Yeah. Even, even the introverts of the world were like, okay, I've had enough a little time. Right. Yeah, right. If I my dog was exhausted, you yes. know, it's like walking twenty times a day. That was another weird thing that we learned. Yeah. Like, like they were dogs were having injuries. Yes, taking them on too many walks. I know. They're like, God, can I just lay down? <laughs> what is as you've as you've dug in and you've learned more about that connection? Was there was there a link between art and the local economies that that surprised you? Was there something that really stuck with you that you like to? To pass on to people? Well, I, I think, I mean, of course, in, in Independence, we have an arts district in Englewood. We, I remind people the Crossroads um, is known as an arts district, but they don't actually have arts district zoning or arts district designation. It's just a, I mean, it's a place there where they've really been successful in attracting creative people and I kind of like to say creative rather right. than art you know because the creativity comes in a Many lot of forms. different forms absolutely um, so um, but it you know I know for myself when I travel what I want to experience and how I want to feel you know and things that I seek out when I go on a go to a different city it's like you know you it's just fun to walk around the city and see murals and see beautiful landscaping and, you know, experience music or craft beers or craft distilleries. I mean, all of that, I think, just it really adds to the enjoyment for people who live there and then people who want to visit there. And then you want to come back. I mean, it just is and tell your friends and say, you know, hey, if you're looking for a great weekend or night out, you know, go here and check this out. They got some really cool stuff going on. Well, so I le- think that's really important. That leads really to kind of one of the reasons I was excited when we when we first talked about having this episode and you coming on is I wanted to be able to pick your brain a little bit. Uh-huh. Lee Summit is kind of going through our own little our own little growth things when it comes to art and and it's deep involvement with the with with the public good. Mm-hmm. And those things we just started in the last few years really right as right as right as the world was ending we started a you know a public sculpture walk in in downtown and there's a, there's a there's a new group 
creating, you know, under under construction right now to to do more in the arts sphere. And then we have some long standing arts organizations that have done a lot of stuff. But I think it, it's growing. And so I'm curious, as someone who has been outside, who has been in Independence as that Inglewood district came to be and is now really starting to crank up. What do you see as you look at least someone as like like that how that can play a role in the growth? Um, I think a, when when Englewood Arts District was established, and I was involved with it, but it was long, long before I was mayor. I mean, it was really a group of citizens who um, wanted to focus on improving that area in Englewood, which has a really natural kind of commercial district, hist- you know, sort of a vintage feel to it. It's anchored by the Englewood Theater, which is a cool Art Deco style right. theater. Not open, not operating, but, you know, a iconic looking building. And the thing that really made it possible was when Independence was able to annex out of the Kansas City School District. And that in itself that changed many things changed so many things and it opened up the opportunity for development that we were we had struggled with um prior to that it was just you know a a very awkward situation i mean kansas city school district has come a huge long way since those days but you know back then they were unaccredited and it was you know they were their graduation rates were very low. Their success rates were very low. So it really made it challenging for those neighborhoods that were in the Kansas City School District. So that's kind of what kickstarted it. But Englewood at its root was always about housing. And it still is really about housing. And the arts elements um, came about very organically. But the focus was how do we uh, improve and preserve the housing in Englewood and make housing available to, you know, affordable to normal people and particularly to artists. We knew that there was a need. Crossroads, which I mentioned earlier, was really starting to, you know, succeed and artists were finding themselves unable to continue to live there. I mean, they were looking for places to go because the crossroads was getting less and less affordable. Um, so I think that's an overlooked aspect a lot of the time is that the creative class, um, they need a place to live. And what we wanted to create and did create through the zoning of the arts district is giving artists the opportunity to live and work in their same space, which wouldn't be normally allowed right. under city code but it, so they didn't have to go to the city and ask for any kind of special use permit or variance or whatever that that was built into the zoning so they could you know purchase a home or and you know create their art within reason <laughs> right know? definitely you know, we're not gonna yes. let you like you know weld you know or like <laughs> blow glass in your house but you know um and, you know, do retail out of your home and those types of things. So it was very intentional, but it has to be really holistic and, like, wrap around and think about what are the needs, you know, what are all the needs that, you know, an artist or a creative person would want. How do you – how do you get – I'm going to get into my, my government nerdy brain okay. a little bit here. Like, I'm curious how you – especially – and I know it started before you were mayor. Yeah. And, and you were mayor from – 2014 14. Oh. to 
Um, well, I was on the council in 2012, so I was there a total of 10 years. Okay. Yeah, so I was on the council two years, and I was mayor eight years. How does that work, I guess, too, from, from, from the, the public official side and getting all of those things to work together? Because it's a lot. Oh, yeah. To, to, to <laughs> yeah. put all that together and to get everyone on board to, to rezone things, to change things. And then, look, and I know Independence and Lee Summit are, are different animals, mm-hmm. but even just having affordable housing conversations are difficult. It's difficult to get everybody in the room to say, we're going to talk about this. Yeah. And then you threw in arts and all these other yeah. things too. So I, 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 like, what does it take to get all of those groups so, going the same direction? You know, I, I kind of, I think we all tend to do this. It's like, I kind of told that story and it's like, oh, well we did this and then we did that and then we had this and then we got it approved. I mean, all in all, that took probably, I mean, five, six, seven years. I mean, right. no, it wasn't like, oh, we just, you know, pulled right. this together. Um, and it began much bigger and then just kind of, and, it, you know, then got boiled down to something manageable. But now that there's a concept that's sort of been proven in Englewood, um, now they're looking to kind of, you know, grow it back out to what the original plan was. So the original idea was to do an overlay district of like basically all of um, Western independence. I mean, in which these won't mean pe- much to people who don't live there, but <laughs> Fairmount, Maywood, Englewood do all of that. And that just was too big of a bite for the city. So it got, you know, revised and reduced and, you know, all of those things had to happen in order to do that. And we also, um, you know, we really sought to get the zoning for Englewood, but the city said, well, we're just going to, we don't want to make it exclusive to one area. So we had to rewrite the zoning and say, you know, anybody in town could apply for this. Like nobody will, you know, right, most right. likely. I mean, there, there, it doesn't seem, I mean, it probably wouldn't fit anywhere, but, you know, so there was a lot of learning and, and negotiating and, you know, fits and starts and stumbling blocks along the way to get there. And like I said, I mean, I wasn't in, you know, on the council at the time I was on the, on the citizen side of things. And it, you know, you really learned a lot about how those processes do work, but I always tell people, you know, I learned through that process. And then certainly once I was on the council, I'm like, you got to get the city involved early. You can't just like cook up this plan and then spring it on. It, It takes a lot of collaboration with understanding what the city's goals and visions are, what the council's um, goal and vision is, and then, you know, having them help you through the technical parts of it and work with you. Otherwise, you're going to take them a plan and they're going to go, where'd you come up with this? (laughs) Like, this isn't fit into anything that we're doing. Yeah, and I think that's where I get get really curious and maybe maybe to help explain to people too is that interplay between the 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 public entity and the private sector mm-hmm. and whether it's whether it's the development company the citizens committee that's made it you know formed a nonprofit or whatever right like right. like it takes all of those things but that interplay between between them and how that works yeah because everybody in the end wants the same thing i mean they want their city to be successful fun you know thriving economically and uh, attractive and you know, attractive in the sense of 
people want to come there and how people want to. But I also, you know, got a piece of advice very early on when I was elected is, and I don't remember now who said it to me, but they said, you know, just get people to come visit first. Don't try to get them to move here. <laughs> That's mean, interesting. Yeah. You know, it's like, just have them come and, you know, check you out before you're trying to like get them to move in. So that was good advice. And you can do that with good art. And you can do that with good art. Good food, good drinks, good cocktails, good music. <laughs> okay, that. so what, if someone's thinking good about parks. moving to Independence, <laughs> yes. what are the top like two to three things that you would say are, are a reason for people to move there? Um, I was going to ask you what she was jealous about. Here, we have at least some of it, but you can go ahead and ask. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so, um, I think um, independence, one thing that people are very attracted to is the history. I mean, there's no doubt that the history is a big calling card for independence, and it has that historic charm. Um, now, you know, we also have all of the new shiny stuff, but I think when people think of independence, they think about the square and the older part of town, like, you know, like you have here in downtown Lee's Summit. And that's very appealing to people. It's, um, you know, a very friendly town and it feels like a small town, even though we have, we're the fifth largest city in the state. It still has that small town feeling that families have been there for generations and you can just kind of sense that and feel that and businesses that have been there for a hundred years and that tradition and history I think is very appealing to people um definitely um the access I mean just the location my son who's 21 um was saying to me the other day he's like you know this is just the best place to live because I can get anywhere in you know 20 or 30 minutes you know from our from my house and um that's very appealing. The schools are, we have great schools. I mean, we have we four school districts in Independence. Um, Independence obviously being the largest, but Blue Springs, Fort Osage, and a little bit of Raytown in the city of Independence. So those are, and it, it offers like a real great variety and choice. I mean, Fort Osage is, you know, more of a rural you know, they have rural communities coming to their school. So if you like that and you want to live in some place that's got, a, you know, out in the country and it's got a big piece <laughs> of land, you you, get, you can have that. Or you can live, you know, in a historic home. You can live in a condo. I mean, there's just a lot of a lot of choices. And I think that that's really appealing to people. I always tell people that's, why, that's part of why the KC area is like, the best kept secret in the country. Right. Anything you want is twenty minutes away. Absolutely, that is I mean, a true you, you statement. You want urban experience. Yeah. You want you want to go out to the farm. I mean, all that stuff. It's, it's well, not minutes. everything. You can't go to the beach or well, that's go true. to the mountains. But that's true. <laughs> anything in the Midwest yeah. is twenty minutes away. Activity yeah. wise, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I no, mean, it's like, I agree. I mean, the answer is yeah. It's a twenty yeah. minute drive. I mean, yep. that's the answer to everything. Yep. Except for you're right, the beach and the mountains. Right. But, no, know, I will like, tell you, Phoenix is the same way. I'm not trying to. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It's like you can experience it's things true. two hours. It's like, oh, you want to go to Flagstaff and see snow? Okay, great. Yeah. If yeah, you want to nice. experience the desert I, or I, 70 degrees, drive two hours. I don't know. It's pretty legit. As long as I'm only there when it's cold here. That's okay, kind of my rule. I think that's fair. I like yeah. Phoenix when it's cold here. Yes. yes. I don't like being hot. 
I do not like being hot either. So when you travel. So why am I jealous of a Lucy? Oh, yeah, that, that was the next question. Yes. I'll go back to that. Eileen, you are going to answer it. Oh. I wasn't actually going to be mean, but now I will. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I'm surely, as you sat over there in Independence City Hall, you had to be looking at us going, oh, I wish I had that. Not really. Yeah, but, I know. I'll no, tell but, you. But I, I, I think there I'll are I'll give things. you the nerdy answer to the, to the question. Um, everybody's knocked out by your downtown. I mean, it's one of the greatest downtowns in our area and it's just so much fun to come down here and it just has so much activity and lots of things to do. And, um, you know, often people would ask me, they're like, how come, you know, our downtown or, you know, the square or what, you know, whatever they call downtown is, we kind of have two downtowns because um, we have Englewood and the square. So <laughs> right. it's kind of interesting. Um, and they would say, you know, why isn't our downtown like that? I said, because they have a general obligation bond and we don't. <laughs> that was my answer. I mean, I think that, that's and, and a that's, very fair point. Well, it, and it, it really also took is. 30 years and it took to get years. to this yes. point. Yes. Concerted w- effort. And not everybody was psyched about it either i mean there were battles that had to be fought for people to say well we want this to be in downtown lee summit like an entertainment district i mean we start started to kind of have that fight in independence too and i said listen i know you've lived downtown for years and it's been quiet and sleepy and the street rolls up at eight o'clock but that's not what we're going for (laughs) so um but you know in in least some excuse me has has invested in the infrastructure in a way that independence hasn't and um it makes all the difference i mean you can fix up a building and make it look great but if the sidewalk is crumbling and the curbs falling apart and there's no landscaping or you know street lighting or whatever then it's just not going to look as good as it could well and i think you're right because you could you can pinpoint I think kind of the swing moment in downtown Lee Summit, you know, I, I worked at the journal and then left town about 05 and came back in 08. And when I left in 05 was right when they were starting to redo the streetscapes Mm -hmm. and they were adding in those lights and they were fixing the infrastructure. And then when I came back in 2008, like a whole new city. There's a new, there's a new, there's a (laughs) new city hall. Yeah. They had built a building where a parking lot was at Third and Douglas. I mean, all these things yeah. had happened. You're right because it started with that planning and those changes to infrastructure to make everything else happen. Yeah, it's definitely. So but think about how often in life we see the end product of someone's years of working towards something. Right? It's like Inglewood. I mean, I I love Inglewood. Mm. Like I love Vivalore. Like mm. I I mean, it's just it's a whole experience, and yeah. I think. One of the great things about our area is we all have different strengths too, right? Like we don't we don't have anything like Inglewood Arts. I hope we get there at some point, right? And you know, your downtown might not be a hundred percent where you want it, but I think what I'm hearing both of you say, and one of the things that you're both involved this way, is that it takes years of community effort, collaboration, teamwork, figuring out the right players, and it doesn't just happen overnight. Yeah, and it takes, you know, a sustained focus. And I say, I mean, the elected officials are going to come and go, but the community's the driver. And as long as the community keeps its foot on the gas saying, you know, this is what we want our community to be, then, you know, you'll get there. You will get there, but you got to, you know, be focused and, you know, 
push it a little. Well, and that that consistency for the community side that'll bring in the new electeds, right? Yeah. I mean, you're hopefully. right, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, but I mean, they do that. Yeah. That has a natural cycle to it. Um, but but if you have that consistent from from the the public side, yeah. I think you can yeah. usually most of the time bring the bring the new the, ones the, on board. The public's excellent at telling you what they don't want. Right. <laughs> they really they are they really excel at that. Everybody they really everybody's excel great at, that. at, at yeah. you know, like you know SWAT things, right? Everybody's great at finding the weaknesses and the threats. Yes, exactly. Uh, or say don't put that where I have to see it. You know, yeah. so you know that's I, I say. You don't own the view. If you want to own the view, then go buy it. Right. right. <laughs> I think I used to my my five minutes of time in the doing those public sector public engagement things uh, in in cities was I always wanted to start it off with let's let's brag about your town. Yeah. Let's spend twenty minutes and let's say everything that's awesome about your town because we don't do it. Yeah. Well, th- and just it, that's naturally really... culturally we don't do that. No, and it's it, it it that is a real sociology experiment that I think is really interesting because you know the city of independence does lots of surveys. Every city does, Lee Summit does a lot of surveys and inevitably they come back and people outside of your city have much nicer things to say to you than the people who live there. Right. And so that kind of gets characterized as, you know, we have low self-esteem or we don't like ourselves or we don't love our city or whatever. But, you know, when you just visit someplace, you only see the best. You know, when you live there, you experience the snow removal and the trash pickup and the potholes and, and, the potholes <laughs> and yes, whatever. All the things. And all the things. And the things that annoy you tend to, like, stick out. Because, I mean, when I go to, you know, Bentonville, where my husband and I love to go, and we're like, we want to move here. But then I'm like, well, if we lived here, we wouldn't like it as much. The, the, ma- the magic I mean, might go away. Right, exactly. Because you're not there on vacation or as a tourist. So I think there's a sort of reason why people tend to point out the negatives or the things that need to be improved but i also think that none of us you know take the time to just say sit back and appreciate what a great how great our cities are there's a book i don't know if you've read it but i'll pitch it and and uh, to you is there's a book called for the love of cities it's written by a guy named peter kagiyama and i always encourage everybody to read his his books and you know that's really what he talks about in his books is just loving your city and finding like the interesting and unique and unexpected things in it. and it's just a, a great you know uplifting book that I think everybody who likes to do this kind of work should read. I love that. Uh, I great, love that. I mean, there was... We're going to have you repeat that. We later. are. Okay. We are. <laughs> yes. I mean, one of my favorite Donald Miller quotes is he talks about sometimes you have to leave somewhere, you have to leave your hometown and then come back to really see it for what it was. And like, I do think sometimes you have to leave a place to be able to come in with different eyes and a different perspective to be able to love it again. Like I go back to Manhattan, Kansas, and I thought it was like the most boring place to grow (laughs) up. I hated my parents for making us live there. It was such a small town. It's not even that small. Um, And now I go back and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm like, look at this, look at Aggieville, like look at the dusty bookshelf. And I think sometimes when we're in an environment, like you said, Eileen, that it's our day to day, we don't see the beauty yeah. in that's actually around us. We just take it for granted, right? 
I, I well, I don't know. I, I've spent a lot of my life in and out of Joplin. I don't have that love affair when I go oh, back. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah, I grew up in Binghamton, New York, and I thought it was the greatest place on earth. And now I go back, I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> and, um, this place, actually, Binghamton's having a little bit of a moment. So it's Joplin has the, some good things going on the for rise. That's true. That's yes. true. Maybe it's because Manhattan has also just yeah. steadily grown since yes. I've left. So that yes. might be it. Yes. College Joplin's town, just a weird it's a little place. easier. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, well, I, I want to ask this one because I think this is fun. I like talking about art, too. So when okay. you do go travel, uh-huh. what art, what attracts you as art? What, what, what? So I just, as I just said, I grew up in Binghamton, New York for most of my life. We moved to Florida when I was in high school. Um, and my dad's career was in downtown redevelopment. I mean, that's what he did for his entire career. And um, so we always went to cities on vacation. I mean, we never went to Disney World or, <laughs> you know, like the Bahamas or other places that people were skiing or whatever. We lived in... Um, we, my grandparents, my dad's parents lived in Binghamton, but my mother's parents lived in, on the Jersey shore. So we would go down there, but you know, my parents just took us when we were kids to, you know, New York a lot, Philadelphia, Boston, Washington, DC. I mean, all of those places, um, where, where we went and, um, you know, they just took us to a lot of museums and cultural type things. We had actually a lot of culture in our small town of Binghamton, New York. We had a really, you know, some really good museums and a symphony and opera and ballet. I mean, so we were exposed to all that stuff when we were kids growing up. Um, so I always just liked it. You know, I, I always just enjoyed it. Um, I love towns and St. Pe- so now my parents live in St. Petersburg, Florida, which is where we moved when I was in high school. And when, I mean, you talk about a transformation. I mean, when we moved there, there was one restaurant in downtown and now you go there and it is the coolest town. It is, um, you know, neighbors to Tampa. So there's sort of this relationship between Tampa, St. Pete, and but Tampa's kind of like the grown up, like corporate town with all the big, <laughs> right. you yes, know, I mean, yes. like all the uh, the corporate headquarters are there and the football stadium and the airport and all that stuff. And then across the bay is St. Pete. That's just this funky, artsy, cool town. And it's just everywhere you look, it's just something cool. And in fact... Peter Kagiyama, who I told you about a minute ago, who's the author of this book, he lives in St. Pete. And that's, um, and, you know, I, my mother sent me his book and I read it. And then I happened to be down there visiting them. And there was an event at the, Do- the Salvador Dali Museum, which is in St. Pete. And he was there. And so, you know, I got to talk to him. And well, that's then, awesome. Yeah. And then later I brought him to, to Independence and he did like a two-day, like, workshop with some, oh, some wow. of our, cool. c- our city leaders. Yeah, so I, you know, I'm really hooked on this book. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I like, I, I mean, I love going to art museums or going to performances of any kind. I mean, I love going to concerts, you know, like little jam sessions. I mean, whatever. I mean, I like going to th- those types of things. But I think it's just mostly like 
just walking around a town and it just has that feeling of, you know, this place is cool. Like you feel to me, I think when I'm in a city and you wander into like an arts district where you can, you feel safe. I mean, I, that's how I feel. I'm like, well, this is like, no one's going to stab me (laughs) with their (laughs) paintbrush. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it just is that sense of community that I think really comes with when you, when you know, you've kind of hit the, you know, artsy part of town. Well, and I think, you know, you hinted earlier, right, when you talked about when you get to the point where you're talking about public art, when you're talking about growing these arts programs in the city, you've already hit success. That's That's a... Step down the road for the growth for the growth of a city, but I think that's too. That's that's that. What you just said, walk, walking around, right? That's that vibe. Yeah, that a city gives where people, whether they're traveling in, looking to move or whatever, there's a sense of community and safety that 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 the arts part of it makes. Yeah, that creates that vibe. Absolutely. And our daughter is, um, she goes to school in Nashville, so we go down to Nashville a lot, and you know, just walking around Nashville, and it's just like. That vibe of there's music everywhere. I mean, there's music in the airport. There's music in the Target. You know, there's music right. at the you know, and it's not just Broadway where all the honky tonks are, or whatever. But um, you know, it's just a you know, you just feel very you know inspired by being there. Makes a place you want to be, right? All right, Next place I, I want to be, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I want to ask one more time the, the name of the book. Okay, it's called For the Love of Cities, and the author is Peter Kagiyama. All right, if you want to get nerdy with city development, yeah, development yeah, it's go a fun, read that book. Yeah, it's a fun it book. List. Yeah, and it's not really, it's really not nerdy. It's really a fun read. And then he <laughs> had a, a follow-up book um, that's called Love Where You Live. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Really good stuff. Add those to my list. And then let's circle back around Parade of Hearts. It's, it's uh-huh. back. It's so back. if people want to go get the app, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it, is, is it just called Parade of, app? Yeah. Parade of Hearts? Pa- Parade, Parade of, of apps. apps. Parade, Parade of, apps. of Apps. The Parade of Apps. Um, that's a different event, but no. Um, yeah, it's called, it's just Parade of Hearts. It's on Apple and Android, so just download that. And it's, I mean, they just do such a good job and this year is a real trick because they've the hearts were in one place another in a different place they have to change the whole app and all of that but almost every heart has well all of the hearts have a little qr code on them so if you download the app there's a button that says scan and when you go to the heart just scan the qr code and most of them it pulls up a video of the artist talking about you know their themselves their heart their art whatever but there's a little bio there of the artist you know a little story about their heart and you know I think it's really cool is it checks you in and so then you can kind of keep track of which ones you've seen and then you know for us on it, it tells us like you know how many people visit that heart so as we're looking for locations in the future it's like well you know it, that one might have been a little too far out of the way that it didn't get you know, seen as much as we wanted it to, but that really hasn't been the case. I mean, some of them obviously are in more high traffic areas, but yeah. So and how cool for a thing that was planned as a fundraiser for, for 2022. Yeah. It's back in 23 and in a smaller version, but, yes. but done quickly turned around. It's awesome. And already planning for 24, to keep which this will going. be big Huge. again. Yeah. We're going large. Awesome. Mm-hmm. 
Awesome. If people, can they follow along Parade of Hearts on the socials? Oh, yeah. Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, I think LinkedIn. Yeah, so I don't know about all those other. Uh, I know. That's all That's all Reddit, we go to. So all all those. That's all we really <laughs> go to, Eileen. To me, and, if you, if you, know. you say Instagram and Twitter and the yeah. Book of Faces, I'm good. We're covered. Yeah, the Book right. of Faces. <laughs> yeah, yes. right. We're the covered Facebook. There. Right. He's still calling it the Facebook. <laughs> the Facebook. There, it's not a capital, No one else is. Uh, it's not a capital? No. Oh. oh. No. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much for oh, coming thank on. We you. appreciate it. It was great to talk to you. You too. That'll wrap us up for this week. We'll talk to everybody next time.